Welcome to Off the Bench with Danny Cannell. Danny Cannell. Back to throw versus Danny. Pete is tight end. And Raja Bell. Bell has done three three. 22 to Raja. It's all the future of football right before your eyes. Just yell it out, man. He can't guard me. All right, what's going on? Welcome to Cannell and Bell on a Friday. It is Cozy Fam Friday. Cozy Fam, okay. Um, Huge show for us. Yep. Uh, Zion fallout continues from the shoe. Paul George uh, has some comments on it. There's a lot of, you know, is he going to come back? Is he going to not? That still comes out. We found out that it wasn't that serious. That is a grade one uh, MCL, so that's good news. The Knicks might be a door, uh, have a Fortnite problem. Yes, a lot of people do. <laughs> a lot of people yeah. do, but doesn't matter. We'll get into that later. But NBA All-Star Weekend is officially over. Teams were back in action. The Lakers took on the Rockets last night. LeBron said he's activated. Ooh. He looked different. He looked like he had some rest in him, and they actually get the win. They won 111 to 106. Um, the Lakers outscored the Rockets by 12 in the fourth quarter. They had trailed by 19 at one point in the third quarter, and a lot of people were having fun with the activation thing. There was a <laughs> shot of him after, um, I think it was, uh, until, uh, Caldwell Pope mm-hmm. had taken the shot. It was a bad shot, and LeBron, like, kind of rolled, like, just, Look of disgust on him that was like, yeah. I can't believe he just shot. Well, cause he had, he had the, he had, uh, Doc Rivers on, what's his name? Uh, Austin? Yeah, down there on the post. Like, right. so. Yeah, like, you should try to find him. Yeah, you want to find him. There's, 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 Lakers that, like lead on the bone. Look though, isn't it? When he does that, like when he shows a dude up, or can LeBron do that? Or can anybody do that? Uh, I mean, yeah, it's a bad look, but yes, LeBron can do that. Right. right? Like, ideally, you don't want your guys, and you heard Luke Walton, or at least, you know, if you were watching the game, you heard him go into a timeout with him. Um, and he said something about our body language, which was an indirect like thing probably towards LeBron about like let's not get frustrated and let everybody in the world know that we're frustrated with each other. Uh, but yeah, I mean LeBron expects a certain level when it's tough playing with greats because they expect you to be great. And LeBron was great last night. Went off. Did you see the Chris Paul play where Chris Paul kind of yanked his shoulder a little bit? I did. A little extra? Yeah, I did. Now, Chris Paul is a part of the uh, Banana Boat crew, right? Yeah, Chris Paul's besties with, like, LeBron. Now, does he not get invited back because of that? uh, Because that was kind of dirty, wasn't it? Yeah, but I think you pencil that in with Chris Paul. Really? Yeah, no, every, I, I think everyone in the NBA would tell you that Chris Paul would do whatever he has to do to win a game. And, you know, he's one of those guys where... You know, I'm not saying he's going to yank it. Like he gets an opportunity to 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 try to make a play on you, he's going to make a play on you. I mean, he almost he definitely like hyper extends his arm a little bit. What happens if LeBron James got hurt, Mike dislocated his shoulder, kind of like uh, hey, look, was it Kelly Olynyk the guy yeah. that did it last well, time? That was really dirty. But that was like got, the same type got, of play. This might have been worse, but it just didn't injure somebody as bad. Got Kevin Love, yeah, it was a very similar type of play, and I imagine they had a conversation about it. Um, but, but they're still out having. But again, after. like Chris Paul, there are guys in the NBA that you know if they get an opportunity to give you a little extra. They'll give you a little extra. Like Chris Paul, you know, if you're setting a screen on him and you've got him one time, like he's going to come through and try to like lower the boom on like your, your, uh, your hip flexor there or your rib. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like he's one of those guys. So you kind of pencil it in. Are they still having wine after the game? Yeah. But nice bottle. Like it's too. all good. Yeah. It's all, it's all, it's all good. Like mm-hmm. no issues whatsoever. Uh, I'm fine. surprised. I don't know. If it was my boys, I'd be like, Hey, this is our livelihood. Yeah. Uh, LeBron James after the game said, I need to be on that level right now. Knowing the circumstances we're in and kickstarting something. I like where I am and will continue to get better. Tonight was a step in the right direction. Luke Walton said uh, about LeBron, he's made a more, he has a more serious look to his face. He recognizes where we are at the, at the sense of urgency. He was huge tonight, but he's always great. I think it's the first game back and he's fresh legs. Like that's what that is. That's fresh legs like there. Let's see how long this can sustain. Correct. That, that's, this is the concern is whether, you know, that's sustainable, like three, three and five. Like how does he look? Yeah. Like, and, and mentally he might still be there with you, but physically can he contribute to the degree that he has to contribute for you to win four and seven? What's he look like then? 
Like, does it have to be a situation where you have to rest him for fear of like, you know, re-aggravating a groin down the stretch when you're dealing with, with, with a limited amount of games, uh, to, to get back into that A spot. So the Lakers have games like left that are, that are must wins and need to wins. They can't afford to let any of them slip. You play a team that's, that's below you in the standings. Those are must wins. You have to have those. And then any team like, you know, Sacramento, or Houston, or anybody from two down, because you're not beating Golden State, right? But anybody from two down that's above you in the Western Conference, those are need to win games for the Lakers, right? As the Lakers sit tenth in the West right now, what is the end game for the Lakers? Is it just make the playoffs? Is that how you judge success yeah. or failure? Yeah, I think this year it's make the playoffs. Now, once you get in, um, see, here's the problem, and I said this like months ago. If you could get in as the seven, then I think your expectations change. Right. Because you can knock off two, or if you got in at the six, you could knock off three. You get in at the eight, you're probably not knocking off Golden State. So you got to just say this was a win for Lakers, you know, first year with LeBron, and then let's try to regroup this offseason. All right, so it was a good win for the Lakers. LeBron's activated mode, they win. But that wasn't where the real drama lied because there was some controversy in the game, and the Rockets were pretty outspoken afterwards saying that there was a problem with the officials. Uh, James Harden said that, uh, what's my man's first Scott, Scott Foster? Scott Foster. Scott Foster has personal issues with the Rockets and shouldn't be allowed to ref their games. James Harden last night called for four offensive fouls. I'd be curious to know how many he had all season leading up to this game. Yeah. I would guess it's not that many, like an, on an entire season. Uh, the final foul on Harden wasn't called by Foster though. Uh, the Lakers took 33 free throws. The uh -huh. Rockets only took 15. Right. The Lakers had 11 free throws in the fourth quarter. The Rockets, zero. Zero. Look, Scott Foster is a chip-on-his-shoulder type of referee. You have to know that going into the game. And by all accounts, like Houston did know that. You know what I mean? Like they've right. had, they've had issues with him in the past. I do think the NBA should allow you to do it like high school basketball does. You can ban two officials in high school basketball. Like you can request to have two officials not ref any of your games. All year long. All year long. You can request it. And I think that for situations like this, I think it's appropriate because there is history. Like refs are human beings. You have a long history with them. You know, you guys, you've gotten into beefs before. Anytime there's a 50-50 call, it's not a good likelihood that you're going to get the benefit of the doubt with that call. Uh, I thought last night was pretty bad, though. I want to give the Lakers credit in terms of those offensive fouls on Harden. They took those fouls. They were fouls for the most part. Those last two where he ran over LeBron and ran over Kuzma, those are offensive fouls. Like, you've left your feet. You're, you're, you're diving towards the rim. Someone is standing in legal guarding position. You run him over. That's a foul, bud. And so I think the Lakers did a good job defensively last night. But when you look at the numbers, um... They're they kind of support what the Rockets are talking about, man. James Harden himself averages 11 free throws a game. Through the course of a season, they only shoot 15 as a team last night. Scott Foster called 18 fouls, 12 against the Rockets, 6 against the Lakers. It's 2-1, to one, dude. All right? And 7 against the Rockets in the fourth quarter. That, that's pretty – it's ridiculous. And, you know – I don't have a problem with James Hart, with what James Harden said. It's going to be interesting for me to see what the league does with oh, that. Oh, they'll find him. I don't think they should. But they will. I don't think that they can. Really? He didn't say anything terrible about offici the, the officiating of the game. He referenced no calls. He didn't complain about any missed calls. Do you understand what I'm saying? I don't know what the language of that says. Is harsh enough? I, like if James Harden is harsh enough on him? James Harden was as like cool and matter of fact. He was calmer oh, than I am right now. <laughs> this was just a matter of fact explanation of like, man, I really can't believe, you know, that this guy is out here with this attitude. And he is correct. There has to be a relationship. As much as refs don't want there to be one, 
there has to be some relationship out there with, with players. You can't be out there and be completely unapproachable and never have a conversation with a grown man uh, who's the best in the world at what he does. That's ridiculous. James Harden said after, Scott Foster, man, I never really talk about officiating or anything like that, but just rude and arrogant. I mean, you aren't able to talk to him throughout the course of the game, and it's like, how do you build that relationship with officials? And it's not even that call on the sixth foul. It's just who he is on that floor. Uh, he goes on. It's pretty frustrating, and I'm probably going to get hit with a fine, but honestly, I don't really say anything. I'm a pretty quiet guy to myself, but it's one of those things where you can't voice your opinion. You can't have a conversation with someone that's officiating the game. You're getting a tech. It's pretty sad. That's alarming to me that he would say that, and this dude has that much of a chip on his shoulder where you can't even ask him, why was that called? Dude, where were my feet? In what did I do In wrong? 2016, this guy was voted worst referee in the NBA yeah. by, the, by the players. How does he last that long? For 25 years, he's been in the league. Well, look, that's a fraternity, right? That's a fraternity. Those dudes are, are brought in by a guy who's got like long standing NBA officiating roots. And if they're, they're good enough technically, right? By with their technical like mechanics and, and the, and, and, and so on and so forth. And they're graded to a certain degree. They're going to continue to exist, you know, in, in, in the NBA. And I think, you know, Scott Foster, even though those dudes don't like him, like he checks the boxes and he probably has some kind of really good, like relationship with someone who got him into the NBA. He's one of the longest tenured dudes out there. You said something before our show. We were talking about this. Who's his best friend? It's one of his best friends is Tim Donahue, which I think is kind of like, Oh, cause this game was definitely swayed by officiating. Um, there was the article on him with the Tim Donahue phone calls. So Scott Foster had 304 phone calls back and forth with Tim Donahue between December 2006. That's and odd. It's only a short four month, four month period. Yeah. Do you think this stuff still goes on? I don't know. I look, man. I what do I know? I would think I, that they would be like because a guy got I caught, it would eradicate. I the can't issue. imagine that they're still out there doing that. Like right. I'll put it like that. Right. Um. Scott. Scott. Look. Here's what I would say, and I know the the pushback from your your casual fan, right, is like, you know, what business do players have talking to refs? Well, first of all, the player is the product. Right, that's the talent. Absolutely. Like the, People watch, they come, they don't come to watch, they don't Scott come to watch Foster. the rest. They're coming to watch James So Harden. just put that dynamic in, in, in your mind already. Like the, the hierarchy of that. The, the, everyone looks at the ref as like the, the authority. The ref's not the authority. The player is what people come there to watch. The ref is just there to make sure that the game runs smoothly. He's not supposed to be in the show. He's just supposed to make sure that the show can go on. Um, so there has to be an ability for you to go over and have communication with them. Now, if you're disrespecting them, if you're showing them up, if you're cursing at them to a degree where they feel like they're threatened, then they got to do what they got to do. Right. But just generally having a back and forth about a call is something that every ref should be able to do with you. Now, I would take that same person that says, why is, you know, why is a player over, over there yelling at a ref? Imagine you being at your place of work or something like that and having your, like, a coworker when you try to talk to them, because that's what they are. A coworker, as soon as you try to start a conversation, do this to you. Right. Right. You're immediately, like, you're now gassed. You've incited the situation. Do you know what I mean? And that's Absolutely. what refs like Scott Foster do, and it's disrespectful. Yep. I think it's a problem for sure. I think and this will be interesting to see if James Harden does get fired. We'll have to keep an eye out for that. Uh, Zion Williamson, we talked a lot about it yesterday, about his injury. Yeah. Uh, should he be able to go? Should he stay? All that stuff. Well, you talked about his Q rating, like the impact he has. I don't know if this is a direct result of it, but it kind of feels like, oh, this is a coincidence that the NBA – uh, is that they're formally proposing changing the draft eligible, uh, eligible 
age requirement from 19 to 18, the USA Today reported on Thursday, which is the day after the game. Right. Um, I say it's only a matter of time before this happens. It definitely has gotten a lot more play, a lot more momentum. I thought that brought a lot of attention to the discussion, which is a good thing. And I think it does happen. Um, and I think that's a good thing. Like, guys, I don't want to open up college basketball to just say, hey, they're employees and you start playing them salaries and then they get cut. I think it opens up a whole can of worm. So if you can't pay them and you have certain guys like Zion, like RJ Barrett, like guys across the league that can skip and go make a living, then why are we preventing them from doing that? I, yeah. I, so I think the timing of it was just coincidence. Like, I don't know that it correlated like intentionally with the, with the Zion situation. Like it, it's like a constitutional thing for me. Right? Like you don't stop tennis players, you don't stop baseball players, you don't stop soccer players, you don't stop golfers, you don't stop pianists, you don't stop like violinists, you don't stop musicians, you don't stop anyone other than football and basketball players mm-hmm. from going out there and making their living when they can go make it. So, like, let's say, yeah, you got to finish high school to do it, and that's a rule you put in place. Okay. Why? Why are we going there? Because soccer, uh, soccer, they don't. Like, I, I don't. Uh, uh, golf, they don't. I really we've don't know why. Come out. If they can do it, tennis, we've seen it forever, guys. You know, people... Foot, football, I understand, because it's a very dangerous sport, and you've got grown men. Well, here's but here's, even with football, I'm like, well, why not? If if a team leave it up to them, no, 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 up to the market. Like if a guy looks good enough, if you have a freak athlete like Jadavion Clowney, who is a freak and he looks more mature, and a team is willing to take that risk at a high school, not to, or before no. at a high school. I, well, I would say, what I would say, see, that's because I'm with you. Like yeah. I, I generally think if you can compete and you're physically able, you should be able to do it. But that's like it's a tough one because again, it there's is. no line drawn for any of the well baseball. Like you gotta be, you have to be out of high school for baseball, right? No, because they have like kids from uh, South America and Dominican Caribbean. They come over here at 16, again, like, 15, yeah. start playing minor leagues. They've been developed. Like, I, I don't. I, I mean, I really don't understand. I can't wrap my mind around it. I don't. I'm not smart so. enough to have an answer for it. But it, it's crazy, right? Like. Right. You'll let anybody else, like, if, if a little young kid from the suburbs of like Chicago wants to play golf at 11 years old on the web.com and he can do it, go do it. Yep. Cause I really think in football specifically, I think it would be such a rare occasion right. when you, you, like, I don't think a team would take that risk. Right, 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 right. Hey, this kid's going to get broken. Like he's going to not going to be able to hand the rigors of it. So I think it would kind of resolve itself. Then gets into the deeper issue where in the NFL and college football, like, so then you have to wait three years. And I think there's something, there's got to be some give and take there even. And I don't like saying this, but if, again, if we're going to prevent them from making money, yeah, why not let them go make that? Now I think if they filed a petition and they got a draft grade back that was first round and you said, all right, we're going to have to let those guys go. I yeah. do think it would have a negative impact on college football because you'd lose a lot of guys, but it's not about us and it's fans. It's supposed to be about the players. And it's and not that. about college football as a business. It's right. you know what I mean? Like right. it's, supposed it's supposed to be, to be about the, and correct guys that want to be there to get a free education and all that. The name that sticks out to me for college football is the kid Trevor Lawrence this year. Yeah. You're telling me that guy can't be dropped into an NFL like like uh and he'd be a perfect example because he could petition, he could get a first round, he would probably go number one overall yeah. and a team would draft him. So why aren't we gonna let him do that? Yeah. And it's uh, it's it's really like I've changed my mind dramatically on this in the last ten years because like go to school, but why would we prevent anybody from making a living if they can't? I am I am I am with you one hundred percent. I'm happy that the NBA has at least proposed this. Um you come out and you and you're a first round pick. And yeah, there's some casualties. There's some guys that go out and don't make it That's and they're not stars. Risk. Think about Jonathan Bender. Right. Jonathan Bender never lived up to the hype of whatever. Do you know what Jonathan Bender has? Probably like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen million dollars made. Right. So you're gonna make him go to school. 
right? Guess what a, he can do with that money? Yeah, go, go back to, to school. Yeah. Correct. <laughs> like, come on, man. And if he doesn't, like, it's not everybody's cup. Not everybody wants to go to college. Not everybody cares about that. Correct. And I'm okay with that. Like, I think we should try to encourage. Yeah, if you want to go to school, it'd be better for you. I think Zion Williamson. You know, he said he was going to go to Duke, but I think he has actually enhanced his brand. Yeah, no, he has. As far as marketability for Nike, Adidas, all these shoe companies, I think he's improved himself as a player. And I think that's really helped him a lot, and it will help in his career in the NBA. But that's not up for us to decide. No, I think you're right in that he has – college has worked for him. But it's different strokes for different folks, right? The same recipe doesn't work for everybody. And in a society that increasingly – um celebrates like individuality and entrepreneurship and you know it used to be like you went to college everybody goes to college there's a whole like like not everybody subscribes to that anymore do you know what i mean like not i like, hardly do like if my daughters are good enough i'd be like you know what just bounce like i yeah. There's no. a, there are a lot of like scams in college. Like I think it's a waste of money for a lot of people. I, I mean, even like just for education, not just for, yeah, like people about. are like, yo man, if you have a great idea and you want to take that to market and you can build it out, like go, go do it. Roll the dice at that. Like it used to be where you go to college, you go four years and almost a sheep mentality with that, right? Like a herd mentality. Like why does, why can't this trickle into sports? Why can't we use some common sense with kids that were ready to go make a live and let them go do it? I think we will. So I, we were talking yesterday before the show, like why can't this happen right away? Apparently the league and the union, uh, they have to collectively bargain any changes to the CBA, but they're also wondering why do we have to wait till 2022? The league wants to give teams ample time to prepare for the change. And with the NBA submitting a proposal to union now, it's clear we prefer to reach an agreement or at least framework of the deal in the next few months. Both sides seem to be willing to get the deal done. There's confidence it will get done, even though the, it doesn't expire. But there was a conversation we were just talking about before the show. Like if you have a draft pick in the 2021 draft or something, right. they want to make sure everybody's aware of what's at stake and who can come out. Correct. But eventually it does seem like it's going to get done. And it does seem like 2022 is the date that they're targeting. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It only takes two minutes of sheer horror. A new Paramount Plus original docuseries. We were dealing with a serial killer preying on elderly women. A cold-blooded killer hidden in plain sight. He's suffocating people with a pillows. Leaving corpses all over Texas. How did it happen? I was responsible for her. The guilt is immeasurable. They covered it up. Pillowcase Murders, now streaming exclusively on Paramount Plus. All right, welcome back. Cozy yeah, Fan yeah. Friday on Canel and Bell. Uh, Zion Williamson update. It's kind of what we all thought. When you heard knee sprain, that was like the best case scenario. Everybody was yeah. like, Phew, like, breathe a sigh of relief. All of us, like, even no matter what your point is on where you want him to play or don't play, we just want what's best for the yep. kid. Like, I, the, an ACL rehab, regardless if he's going to be a millionaire or brutal. not, it's brutal. It's yep. tough on your, uh, mentally and physically, it's brutal. But I think it was good news. He's day to day, uh, according to Coach K, with a grade one spree, uh, sprain. To his right knee, Coach K said, I think that everyone wants to know his status, and it's still, we don't have a timetable, but the preliminary reports that we have on Zion's injury are all optimistic. Very, very good. He's got a sore knee. Yeah, pretty That's much. That's what he's got. The fact that he's in, it's in stable condition, a mild sprain, and we're doing, we're going to do what everyone would do, and that's what's in the best interest of the young man, and Zion will get proper care. He's getting it today. As this moves along, the 24, 48 hours, you want to make sure he's completely at 100%. I do think Coach K will do the right thing. 
Yeah, sure, Coach K will do the right thing. Luckily for Coach K, that wasn't like a catastrophic thing. There was no real buckling of his joint or anything. Like the kid's shoe blew out and he did a split. Right. Like that's what happened. Right. I think it's, it's remarkable that we are having like these conversations about a grade one. Do you know what grade one sprain is? Minor. Like you go out and you play on that today. Right. You know what I mean? They like, said he was running in the hallway, like trying dude. to come back in the game and they were like, no, we're good. Now I do appreciate them like trying to protect Zion and making sure Zion was all right. They have his future in mind as well. Apparently um, his family was with him and went back and they were all back there like getting him checked out. Yeah. No, good. Like yeah. he has a strong support system. Oh, that's a meal ticket. You want to make sure, you want to make <laughs> sure right. that meal ticket is straight. But like, I mean, again, I do think that this is kind of, all right, let's, it's let's insane. say when Vince Carter was in college, like, Sure, he had a rolled ankle or something like that. Was it the topic of everybody's like conversation on a Friday morning? No, no. it was like, all right, he had a sprained ankle. He might miss two games. Like it's it's incredible that this is dominating news cycles. The kid has a sprained knee. But see, here's why I think it does. A couple things. One, like we're in a new age now, where everything we talk about it, we have 24 seven right. coverage. But I also think there are really strong agendas of what people want to get their voice on: paying players, changing the age. Like everybody has their motive. And if the biggest player in the game if today, it can drive your agenda, can drive your agenda, then, then people do. are going to talk yeah, about well. it. And it's going to take up a lot of time. Right. It gets clicks. Like all of it, like the business we're in now, it's about attention. Right. And like, go look at our YouTube video. If you follow us on YouTube, yeah. Alan Bell, you go check it out. But like that video got a bunch of views just when we talked about yeah. shoes. Like, oh, okay. It's, just, it's kind of the way it drives right. discussion. So it is. Well, but like, I do think like coach K has to do the right thing. Like if he was like, yeah, we're getting him back this Friday, it would be a really bad look for him. And I think in coach K's world, the best case scenario, he looks like he cares about the kid, and I do think he does, but he looks like he cares about the kid. When he comes back, if you take it slow and you still win a championship, or if he never comes back, he's still always going to be remembered as a Duke. You already have pictures. You already have video. You yeah. already have him as a Duke player. So he's always going to be a Duke player. That never goes away. If you get him back and he's healthy for a championship, then you have the best case scenario. Make no mistake. Coach K wants this young man back immediately. For sure. Yeah. And, and, but he is doing the right thing and politically you have to put on, you know, the right face. But behind closed doors, like I will promise you in their coaches meetings with like, you know, I think it's like John Shire and Chris Carrawell and like, uh, they have every like, old player and, on like, the yeah, staff. yeah, yeah. They're sitting around being like, you know, that ain't that bad, right? Like he should be playing this weekend at Syracuse, right? And then they're like, well, well, maybe, you know, medical staff and opt bad look. We, we gotta yeah. let him, we gotta let him stay at Syracuse. And then somebody else is like, yeah, but he need to be back the next game after that, right? Like, cause they, everyone knows it's not a bad, he's, he doesn't have a bad injury. Right. Um, and, and they are in the conversation for a national championship. Absolutely. Without Zion. Favorite. Without Zion, they're not in the conversation for that. Right. So they're a favorite right now, uh, to win with Zion. They're, uh, they play at Syracuse tomorrow. Five regular season games remain. I think there's a chance he, they probably keep him out of this one just because they know it's a game everybody's going to be watching. They'll right. be a lot of reaction to right. hurry him back. I think he probably comes back the next week. Yeah, I think so. You know, takes a week off and then comes back there. Uh, so this is another like amplitude of this situation. So Paul George, <laughs> now, because it was his signature shoe that he was wearing. 2.5s. 2.5s. He comes out with some, co- some comments and wants to know according like he's reached out to nike oh word went wrong right right so paul george's comments first i want to wish him the best yep honestly i'm just here for him good good smart move right there whatever team put together that statement was brilliant uh but outside of that i don't necessarily know what happened how it happened i talked to nike to see what went wrong what happened with the shoe and i take pride in that my shoes have been successful shoe not only in college but in the nba a lot of people have been in them. A lot of people have been wearing them, so I don't necessarily know. But it's never happened to my knowledge, so that's tough. Do you think this hurts the sale of Paul George shoes or helps the sale? Helps it. I kind of do, too. Yeah. I think, like, now that kids – because I don't think they were probably – it went 
Jordans, LeBrons, Kobe's, and then probably everybody else is really distant. Kyrie's. That, but like, I bet Paul George's shoes now, I get, I bet they get a bump up in jail because everybody's like, oh, Zion do. was wearing those. But it is one of the more popular shoes though already. Like my kids love the Paul George. A lot of cats rock the Paul George's, but. Uh, yeah, they, they would be you, the way you listed them would probably be correct with Kyrie coming in and then and then Paul George. Um, listen, if I'm Paul George, like this is without my like uh, my 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 what do you call it marketing cap on, like right. without my advertising cap. If you ask me about Zion Williamson, and I love Zion, I keep I know right. I'm killing. I love Zion. But he's, a, just, co- he's a college he's a freshman. college freshman. I am in the MVP conversation in the NBA. He's wearing my shoe and it blows out. If you ask me about that, I'm not answering no questions about that. Like, right. what? If the shoe broke. What do you want me to say? I'm not apologizing. I'm not asking Nike what happened. It happens, dog. Shoes break. Right. Yeah. It's crazy. It is. What shoe, that's, that's what shoe do you think he's going to wear next time he's out on the court? Ooh, think see, that's a good question. You think he he's might got to wear LeBron's now? Uh, LeBron's. Kobe, he, what, those are mid-top. No, he likes the, they look like low-tops. Kobe's maybe. LeBron's or Kobe's. Do you think, maybe he, Kyrie's. Do you think he bails on the, the, the 2.5s? The I, think he, I think he might bail on 2.5. Really? Then that's a bad look. Well, for I Paul think George. he rotates shoes anyway. Though. Oh, he like, did. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know this unequivocally, but I think those guys at Duke, like, they're such a big Nike school. Right. Most of those guys are playing in, in different shoes all the time anyway. I wonder if any more Jordans. Because he has such a tongue tie to Carolina. And he no, I don't, think, I don't think they wear Jordan. They don't do it? Like, that's how bad the blood is between yeah, that rivalry? I, I yeah. love it. And I, Jordan's a different, like, thing. When you deal with Nike, right, like, totally there's another, there's now. another waiver that you have to, like, put in to get the Jordans. Uh, so we had the discussion yesterday, like, what shoe company do you think you should go with? Yeah. Surprisingly. That took, that did surprise me. Favorite, and that's really a slim nudge to, is Adidas. Adidas definitely is the cool factor right now with the kids. Like, they have the cool factor. It, it is not. It. Oh, you're, I think you are is. incorrect. You're crazy. That's why I got these Adidas coach yeah, fan pants on. You are crazy. You are incorrect. Kids, no way. Street but, kids. <laughs> the kids on the street, they're wearing Adidas. <laughs> Nike is second, three to, uh, three to two favorite. Puma, I don't think Puma New Balance are under. Under Armour, maybe. You think under they have Armour. a chance? Nope. I don't either. Although, who was the big dude I saw wearing them the other day? It was another bigger type player at the All-Star game. Had him. Oh, uh, Joel Embiid. He was wearing Under Armour at the All-Star game. Oh, I'm not knocking Under Armour. I'm just, I, like, I don't know that they're going to be. They have been at the forefront now. So they went out and they got Jordan Spieth, they got Steph, and they had Bryce Harper. So, like, they had these up-and-coming superstars. Maybe they want to kind of get in there with another basketball player. May, I, I, money. I, no, I'm sure they will be pitching Zion like everyone okay. else will be pitching Zion. Um, New Balance, zero chance? Zero percent chance. Zero point one percent chance. Uh, those Kawhis were did you really just say that Adidas is what the kids on the street <laughs> yep, are wearing? Exactly. Hey, my girls, they're rocking Adidas and they're the coolest girls in class, baby. They're the coolest kids in school. Didn't you just buy your, didn't you just buy your daughter some, some Jordans? That is. <laughs> Why wasn't Jordan brand on that wait, list? Wait, wait, what are, wait, what are, what is, what is your new, your new collection? Aren't they Jordan retro ones? They are. Thank you. They are. I didn't hear anything about an Adidas. <laughs> no, but collection. we're talking Nike. Aren't they separate? Like is that list, is that, could that be Jordan brand? Jordan Brand could be on Nike. that list as well. Okay. No, no, so that wasn't on that list. It wasn't I was on that wondering list. if that list was assuming that Jordan is a part of No, Jordan's another one. Remember I asked you yesterday about signature shoes. Yep. And how many guys did we ever figure out if LeBron had a signature shoe in his first year? Can we look that up? Yeah, we need to figure um, that out. But Jordan, I don't know who has ever come out in their first year and been signed by Jordan Brand. Like Jordan usually is really, really particular. Richard Hamilton will tell you a story about like being a first, a first round pick of the Wizards with Jordan and asking Jordan to be a Jordan brand member and Jordan telling him basically, yo, get your weight up. 
Like right. you ain't done nothing. You don't deserve to be in my brand yet. So he typically is really um, um, particular about who, who is. Right, a- we got official word yeah. that LeBron did have a signature shoe in his first year. In his first year, anyone else uh, since LeBron? I bet I would. I would. I, I can't find gotcha. that right now. Gotcha. But the yeah, the air zooms, the air zooms were the first ones that LeBron got had. you right. in 2003. Yeah, yeah, so he came out. But I think Zion is that big of a player. He, he might be. Might see it. Welcome back to Canel and Bella. It's time for Socially Relevant. All right. Stop talking, guys. It's my turn, okay? (laughs) Just kidding. All right, so it's no secret that the Knicks are having a pretty rough season so far. They're the second worst team in the NBA. But their coach is putting the blame on something a little different than usual. He's blaming Fortnite. So David Fisdale says that the video game is his competitor right now, saying, quote, Fortnite is undefeated. Rookie center Mitchell Robinson, he even responded by saying that they'd be up all night to, like, three in the morning playing the game so he can see where his coach is coming from. So, guys, at 11 and 47, they're bad to begin with. But do you think Fortnite could really be contributing to that? Um, I think that Fortnite can be a very highly addictive video game to the likes of which, like, if you don't have kids, you can't really understand, and it's kind of unprecedented. Like, this thing takes over homes and communities. Kids are in. Like, they're, they're sneaking like to stay up till every hour of the morning playing it. So if you're a grown like man, but a really young like a really young grown man like on your own like in a city, you ain't got a whole lot to do after you get you, it could like consume you. It really could. But and I think you've said this before on here. Yeah. If you're David Fisdale, would yeah. you rather have your guys playing Fortnite till three a.m. or out at the club until three a.m. Yeah. Like getting hammered and like no, that's a time v- and partying. Correct. Like I think it's all kind of relative. Like if you had to choose, now yeah, you would like to cut it back so maybe it gets a little better earlier. And I think too, like if they're playing at three a.m., that's probably what they're using to come down, like from a high of a game. Which I'd ra- again, I'd rather have them doing that than out getting hammered so they can come back and go to sleep at three a.m. Here's what happens with Fortnite because it's mobile too. Mm. So you could be essentially sitting around like before a game when you should be looking at a scouting report. That's when I think or it's more of a problem. In the locker room before a game when you when you should be like maybe getting up a couple you know, hundred extra shots and you're sitting there locked into a device playing Fortnite mobile on your phone. So like I you know I, again, like this is a coach who's got a terrible team right now who's looking for an excuse. But Fortnite is a problem. Like I've seen it even at the youth level. Like kids get addicted to it. Like dude uh, there was a time I was sneaking into my my son's room, <laughs> like it. midday. I'd leave here, right? I've got nothing to do, and you know I'm sitting in there in the dark playing Fortnite. My wife's looking for me. The baby's crying, and I'm in there just <laughs> trying to get a couple more kills. Like it's it's tough. You got to do what you got to do. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so Roger, did you, did you have to set boundaries for your family for Fortnite? Yeah, we had to get rid of like video games all week. Um, you know, and just then weekends only, just weekends only. And then it was only after you've done like once you've done certain amount of like chores or work on a sport or something. Like if you did 15 minutes of that, and then it earned you 30 minutes of Fortnite. Like we really had to put some some stipulations in place for that. Nice. All right, we're moving on to Nike because we've got good news and bad news for them right now. So they, the good news is that they sold out of their $350 self-lacing shoe, which I know mm-hmm. you guys know about. But now, come to find out, some wearers are reporting that the Nike app that controls the laces is malfunctioning on Android devices only. So Lakers forward Kyle Kuzma, who's been wearing these new Nikes, responded to a headline on Twitter by saying, <laughs> well, don't have an Android then, LOL. So guys, for real, what's going on with Nike this week? Hey, look, break. this is this isn't a Nike problem. This is an Android problem. I'm with Kyle Kuzma. Like the Nikes are fine, no, and no, iPhones a, are fine. It's a Nike this is an problem. Android issue. No, Androids are way better anyway. I have a stupid <laughs> iPhone because I'm yeah, because my family has you it. My wife's not that. smart enough to figure it out. An Android. Seriously, who? Androids are better. No, Love the Samsung. So by the way, Samsungs are, are 
No, they're so much better. He does, right? Like, who in their right mind has an Android? I did for like 10 years. And then now I want to FaceTime. My wife can't figure out how to use any other app, even though they're out there. They're, look at it. Samsung has been the cutting edge technology. They got a new foldable phone out now. Like, you want to go fold? That Apple will come out with that in like two years. They had slow motion video first. They had waterproof phones first. Apple's just copying everything they do. Samsung's the innovator. You watch. But was that a read or that came right off your chest? Samsung, hook us up. Sponsor. (laughs) No, when you look at them though, that in the bigger picture, because when when uh, when Zion's shoe went out, a lot of people were like, "Oh, Nike stock's going to go down," and it did go down, but it was way more because of this than Zion's shoe. Yeah, and yeah, Yeah, and the market was down. Like it was kind of dumb to say that stock was going to go down. Nike's going nowhere. Exactly. Stop. Exactly. I can't believe you were really just pushing for all of us to buy Androids Word. and Samsungs. I don't even Roll know. This man. I can't Better even. If somebody pictures. asked me, like, "Hey, can you take a picture?" and they have an Android, I'm like, "I, I don't know what to do with this." Right. Thing. right. <laughs> it would, but you know what? It would give you a better picture with better filters. Uh, See, okay. Oh, you don't need filters. <laughs> All right, moving on. So according to reports, the organizers of the Paris 2024 Olympics have proposed breakdancing as one of the new sports to possibly be included in that year's competitions. There are a couple of other sports being considered, too, by the way, so surfing, climbing, and skateboarding, although those events are slated to make their debut in the 2020 Olympics in Tokyo. Escalade, by the way, on that photo right there, you can see is climbing. So the Olympics will reportedly make a decision on including breakdancing by December 2020. Danny, you think with that outfit you can give breakdancing a go? Oh my goodness. I can do the mean robot. I can do a mean robot right up and down. I'll break them off. But seriously, where are we? Oh yeah. I would wear this outfit, break out a cardboard box and I would throw it down. Yeah, I would. Do a little head spin, finish it off. And then you got to finish on the ground. You got to finish on the ground like laying sideways. What are we doing though? Why are we even like there are dance competitions? They don't have to be Olympic competitions. I'm mad at you right now. Why? Because I why? Because I beat you in a dance off. Said you had to like. (laughs) Um, Look, the Olympic Committee needs to do the right thing here. All right. Which is what? Not bring break dancing into the Olympics. It's not a damn sport. Like. There right. are dance competitions for this. It's a, yes, surfing. Okay, yeah, it's like, a sport. Uh, skateboarding, even though you have X Games and, and stuff like that. All, all right, it's fine. I don't even you, know what Esplanade. Cl- climbing, like what? rock climbing. It's a sport. Like you could you could have rock climbing like competitions. I'm fine with that. Yeah, not break dancing. No, it's Wait, not a sport, guys. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm not supposed to have an opinion, but you guys are wrong. Break dancing is so sp- cool, and hold it on. should. It should <laughs> <laughs> yes, it's cool. I would love to be able to break dance. No, it, sh- it is a sport. It should be. No, in there. it's not. No, I think it's, it's cool. Not. So, like when you're when you're growing up, or, you, or if your family is watching the Olympics, they want to watch things that they can relate to that they like that they want to see, right? Break dancing is going to be one of those. Like when no, I was, you can go uh, find it on put it like a dance competition uh, on uh, MTV no. or something. correct. Yeah. Is there I any have dancing? Disagree. Why did you just say I'm not supposed to have an opinion? You can you can you I'm can tell really. us your opinion anytime you want to. I do hey. all the time. <laughs> Good, thank you. Like this this is a real thing in my house though. My wife is like loves to dance, right? My, she wants my boys to like take dance classes, Ooh. and I am like under no circumstances. <laughs> like, is it bad? Like, I, I mean, it's bad. I'm like, no. Like, my, it's not like my boys lobby for it. My boys right, aren't like, daddy, want we want to dance, and I'm like, no. But my wife is like, they need to go to dance class, and I'm like, they absolutely do not need to go. What to if? Dance. What if you knew that they would be going to the Olympics to dance? Would, it, would that change everything? <laughs> Wouldn't change a dang thing. No. How about remember when Herschel Walker was like famously took ballet, like, and they said it was a great, like, helped your athleticism. Sure. Maybe it helps them. 
It does. That's and good for Herschel Walker. <laughs> and I, it's not your kid. Like, I th- what was the running back from uh, Ohio State, man? What didn't Paul? I mean, George something. Eddie, Eddie George, George was. Yeah, like, he's no, on Broadway right now. I ain't mad at him. I'm right. just saying mine ain't going <laughs> to dance class. Your daughter, Brother, what kind of my daughter? Oh, that's can. your daughter's yes. thing. You that's why that's we had her. Yay! <laughs> Yay! <laughs> okay. Fine, you guys will, will, will agree to disagree on the subject of dance. I cannot convince you guys. All right, so we talked a lot about your boy Antonio Brown. Yeah. He Amen. loves him some Antonio Brown. Yeah. We talked a lot about Anthony Davis. You know what my son, wait, you know what my son said to me yesterday, my middle son? He said, Dad. Haircut? He said, he already hey, has, doesn't he already have? One of them has the, the no, he went That's to, the he's a box now. He's got a box now. It's not a, yeah, box with a little sponge so it like looks like little like dreads. He wants dreads. It's not happening either. Why not? But, I don't like dreads. I don't know really? why. He begs me for dreads. And let I'm him like, get dreads. Let the, no. kid, let the kid do what he wants. Let your kid get dreads. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, but my other one said, hey, dad, you know Antonio Brown? I'm like, yeah. He was like, you know, he bleached his mustache. Yeah. I'm awful. like, yeah. He said, he looks really weird. He I was looks like, stupid. It's the dumbest look ever. But that's the attention seeking. I was like, Ty, Ty, you do that because you like desperate yeah, for yes, attention, correct, correct. which is crazy because he already has so much attention. He's one of the most marketable wide receivers in the NFL. And on top of it, you got to go with this. It looks awful. Yeah, it looks crazy. It looks awful. You know, he looks like the Lorax. He does look like, like the Lorax. Lorax. <laughs> it is a weird look. So Anthony Davis, we talked a lot about him. Mm-hmm. He's been very uh, polarizing. The fact that we request a trade, the tampering allegations. Well, you know what these guys are going to do and kudos for LeBron James. Like we're in this business and the entertainment business, broadcasting business. It's all about you want to get guests, right? He has both of them coming on at the same time on his show, The Shop, which I believe is on Showtime, right? Is it HBO or Showtime? One of the, I think I it's don't Showtime. Know. So they're both HBO. They're both going on his show on HBO, which I think this will probably be one, one of the biggest episodes he's had. Oh, they're going to be talking mad-ish at The Shop on, when is it Friday? Yeah. It's going down. And I love that LeBron, LeBron has just basically said, I do whatever I want to do. Yep. I am bigger than all of you. Any, any like potential like, rule that you could put in place or find that you could give me. They're all irrelevant. I do not care. I'm bigger than everything now. This is what I'm going to do. I can't wait because I you got to. And this is where – it's the only thing where I wonder if – they do a pretty good job of opening yeah. up topics. But I wonder if they prod Antonio Brown and say, what's going on with Ben? That would be my first question. And he already threw him under the bus on Twitter. What really happened? Like that's – I don't really care about the Anthony Davis stuff because I think Anthony Davis will probably be a little more polished. I don't think he'll give as much. I think they'll have fun and you'll get some. But I don't think you'll get like you're going to get the dish so from Antonio Brown. They sit around and drink wine, mm-hmm. right? If LeBron and company – and I'm sure they're shrewd. They're way smarter than me. Get those dudes, have a nice bottle yep. popped and open before you guys get on. Yep. So that once you ask that question, like they're a little bit of, like there's a little bit like less of a barrier there. You're a little less likely to, to be guarded with your conversation. Cause I, I think one of them would have the, I don't, I don't know that AD will do it. Cause That's AD's what I'm still saying. playing, but right. AB might open wide oh, up. He's going like, to, right he open. already does when he's not yeah. drinking. Like, right. He's definitely going to. So yeah, we'll have to tune into that and I'm sure we'll get to react to that. The other guests on the show. This is LeBron Connections. Jamie Foxx, Meek Mill, 2 Chains, and uh, Gerard Carmichael. Who's yeah. Gerard, who's Gerard Carmichael? I don't know. I feel like I should know who he is. Yeah, I do but I'm not, Do we I'm have not. an update on that? Is he an actor? Yeah, he's an actor. He's oh, an actor. What was he in? The Carmichael Show. Oh, of course. We're about to check that out. Thanks we'll get for the help. Update of that one. Yeah, good stuff. Great, great <laughs> producing right. there. No, but I'm sure we'll get to react to that. All right. We should do shots on this show. Instead of wine, we should do shots. Of what? Uh, tequila. No, see, we've had, see, no, no, man. <laughs> Take a, can we go to, go to break with that? <laughs> well, we just had a tequila conversation. Nothing yeah. good comes from tequila shots. No, but it would be a great show. That would it come from. It would be entertaining. It.